And we are live. Welcome to the Music Chamber, everybody. Dan Hegarty here. Charlie Waymeyer here. And we're here with Jared Saya, who's been a good sport to come in again. We had him once before, and we had a complete technical had breakdown. Some, had <laughs> some issues that day. Yeah, just a few. Yeah. Audio and visual. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Double Nothing whammy. went our way that day. Yes. So thank you for coming back, Jared. Of course. Of course. You know, yeah. that, that was almost five months ago that he was in here. So was it really sure. that long? It was yeah. that long. Holy shit, really? Yeah, this year went fast, right? <laughs> wow. Not fast enough. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this football season will end. <laughs> oh, I've been there all too soon yeah. too recently no you're you're gonna you won last time but it right? wasn't that long ago we were two and 14 oh was, was that right like before andy reed oh <laughs> yeah yeah things have been a little different several in years in a row we've been a little different than since then but the saints have won seven in a row ah uh, yes <laughs> yeah, we have two happy fans here today oh, that's good yes we do normally there's one and it's usually charlie because uh, sorry dan and i were here. arguing right before the podcast about football well because charlie like a lot of people likes to give me shit about eli manning i wasn't giving you <laughs> shit i was making a football statement it had nothing to do with picking on your team okay <laughs> That's, it that's does. common. It's okay. No, I, I get it. It's easy. He's an easy target. The team's terrible this year. And if you're the quarterback, you always get the blame. And there are better quarterbacks than him. I'm not denying that. But, you know, people talk about how he doesn't deserve it. And it's the team around him. And he doesn't do anything. And I say, look at the games that he's won. And look at his stats. He's yep. legit. Stats tell part of the story. We can look at Alex Smith's winning record. And nothing's come out of that. Mm, well, he's one of the most it? winging quarterbacks in the league right now. He's a beast. He, yeah. Sometimes he yeah. has been quite a bit this year, actually. Yeah. Right. But my, my point is, too, especially against, you know, the two championships that he does have. If you look at his stats and look at Brady's stats and look at the big plays that had to happen, he came through. He's a clutch guy. He's not yeah. an all around, but he's a clutch guy. You put him in that big situation. The chances of him cracking are not good. He does do it. I've seen it more than once, but he can pull out the clutch play. But you got to give him a team to play with this year. We don't have one. We have a lot of rookies and guys who are hurt. Odell, that sucks. Well, I knew that was in, we were in trouble with him in that preseason game. I was yeah. like, oh, no, he's going to be out for at least two weeks. They better not play him too soon. And they did. And that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh, what do we got a technical problem here? Here we go again. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Jared. You know, normally I'm the guy who creates all these problems. I'm convinced it's you because this yeah, is twice I think it now. Is. I think I just bring that energy <laughs> into the room. <laughs> you know, we've had like 10 episodes with no problem I know. since you, right? It's me. Yeah, it's definitely No, we're it's good right me. now. I was just too loud. Oh. What? I know. <laughs> you too. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. Nice. So who do you have this week? Giants. Oh, that's right. So congratulations. I'm going to just give it to you now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not ready to do that. Uh, I am. Here you go. <laughs> I'm we, not. We're going to get the pick. We're going to get the pick. <laughs> that's what I'm rooting for now. Yeah. yeah. So out, outside of that, what's been going on here at the studio? Well, we're getting ready for a big-ass show. Yes, we are. That's right. December 7th, Thursday, December mm -hmm. 7th, everybody. Make sure you are marking the calendar. We have three great bands, which feature... Rob Linus is our opener. Ooh. Yep. Rob Linus. Tell us a little about Rob. Give Rob him. is a kick-ass outlaw country artist. Uh, we're actually in the middle of... Uh, yes. Yeah, Jared, you know him. He's <laughs> yeah, played for you. Yeah. He, we're in the middle of doing his album right now. Nice. And that all the basic tracking is done. We start overdubs on Sunday. Nice. And who's the next one up after that? The Blood Moon Howlers. Killer combo. Well, it's three-piece. Dan Welby, well, he's going to be pulling double duty on drums, but yep. Matt and Juju are fantastic. That's it's awesome. Some high-energy rock. Very cool. And then Electra will be our closer. Electra is a rock singer and performer she's been on the voice in greece she has a very like if you take flyleaf i guess and combine okay. it with like uh like up tempo like 
80s kind of rock too along okay. with like 90s alternative it's really exciting band dan is the drummer for that as well dan welby thanks again dan welby for doing the show yep and uh it's going to be an awesome time a great cause toys for tots benefits so to come to this show if you're in los angeles all you need to do is bring an unwrapped new toy for toys for tots to donate uh, the marines will be here themselves to help out oh, so you cool. will bring the toy or you will pay a 20 dollar donation to come in so bring the toy <laughs> or you won't get in yep and I, you'll be I, shamed I, by the marines yes shamed i even dare worse. you to try yeah. to get by the marines <laughs> can you imagine if the marines just started shaming people that'd yeah. be amazing <laughs> Like, We're going to put a camera out there and film that. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. Oh, full metal jacket. You couldn't bring one toy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your jacket. You can afford a toy. Like, like major Look at shoes. Like major pain. <laughs> totally. Oh, that would be amazing if yeah. that happened. But we also have some great sponsors for the show as well. I'd like to thank Hellbent Leather and also Warlord Clothing for donating some raffle items. We will have a raffle here. Mm -hmm. So that's something else you get to do if you come here. We're getting... As well as Chipotle. Yes. They Chipotle. are going to be feeding us that, that night. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. My local Chipotle. I'm there like five days a week. Yes, that's sometimes Chipotle. six, so I know them all. <laughs> it's like tonight I walk in and the general manager was actually working in the food line. Nice. And uh, thank you again to Panorama City Chipotle for doing this for us. We really appreciate it. You guys it. rule. One or two more coming up that you'll find out soon. We'll uh, be announcing this multiple mm -hmm. times across all of our social media platforms, which yep. is the Music Chamber Live on Facebook, on SoundCloud, on Instagram at the MC Live on Twitter, and Ultimate Studios, Inc. on YouTube with uh, some of the video content. Mm -hmm. And that's where the live stream will be happening. Yes, too, sir. Yeah. So if you're not in Los Angeles and you want to come to the show, you can check it out online. Yep. Yeah. You'll be able to donate uh, to Toys for Toss as well. Well, donate we'll buttons and everything, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that's awesome is that you can watch the sh the uh, setup of the show this year is going to be live. So Yeah, we'll do it 7. We're going to do a behind-the-scenes broadcast for about 20, 25 minutes and go through the entire setup Oh, of that's how cool. we get the room set up, the console, yeah. everything. So. so you guys will see how all of this and the room inside where everybody plays work together. It's mm -hmm. going to be awesome. It's going to be cool. Yes. So that is, again, Thursday, December 7th. Uh, please check out the event page on the Music Chamber's Facebook. Yep. And uh, we hope to see you there. It's going to be a great night. So then we'll have one more podcast before that on November 30th with a special guest that we're hoping to lock down in the next yeah, couple we're, of days. Yeah, we're working on one. Yeah. So Thanksgiving break from this, but then back on the 30th and then the show on the 7th. So it's been a hell of a year here. Huh? I know. It's gone fast. I was just looking at, I, I think we are, I think we had 14 or 15 guests this year. Wow. Doing That's pretty good. Yeah. Doing this part of it. When we, did we start doing this? Uh, the, the, the podcast <laughs> yeah. in general? It's over a year ago. It's like, I think wow. the first podcast was like August or September of last year. I mean, you'd think I'd know because I was there. Yeah. Well, you've But been, I really don't know. Well, you've also been so busy turning the knobs. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a show. No good way to show. say that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> turning the knobs. Flipping the switches. Flicking the levers. <laughs> and you guys do multiple podcasts as well, right? Uh, this is the one that we do for the Music Chamber specifically. Charlie has a recording show. I've got a okay. live yeah, recording right. show yeah, we yeah. do, yeah. yeah. And, and I, you have another one too, though, right? I do. Yeah. I, I have the Loudmouth Report with uh, Tennessee right. Stead, yeah, that's my what I see. Yeah. yeah, we actually had Charlie as a guest on that. So. Yep. <laughs> that was fun getting to go do that. I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Uh, I he, sat there while Dan set up. I'm like, this is cool. I get used to this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but my setup's a little simpler than what you, you see here. <laughs> it's a little, little bit different production level. Yeah, now. you know. It but, was cool. It worked. I liked it. Yeah, Charlie got to show up and yell for an hour so i think that's the part that he really liked yes <laughs> just talk shit yeah and it's fun too because we on that show we have the perspective of other entertainers too we have actors and comedians and writers and all, oh, very cool. all some of that mixed in with the musicians i bring in a lot of the music crowd for that one cool. so but let's talk now speaking of music and crowds uh 
the reason that we know you is because you are a very busy promoter and event organizer around Los Angeles. Yes, sir. So t- tell me a little bit about that. Uh, so basically what I do is I, I scout talent. I find like an artist, and uh, then I find the venue, uh, work out the deal, get the show booked, and and basically run the whole show. And a lot of times, I end up running my own sound as well. That's it. That's all you do. That's it. That's yeah. only like seventy-two jo- jobs. I'm basically <laughs> sprinting all the time. How many so. venues are you working doing stuff for um, now? In now town? I'm doing three. Um, two of them, which are actually bookings, and then the other one is more of just like a managerial pro- like project for a cover band that we do on Friday afternoons. So two that are really just like, you know, the, the whole talent buying process and the, and the sound and all that stuff. So, but yeah, so uh, yeah, a little bit's changed since the last time that we talked venue wise and it happens. There's a lot of turnovers and stuff. There's, uh, I have this one downtown at uh, the spot called The Love Song and it's the Regent's uh, Connecting Bar. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, it's basically. I've been there. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my Tuesday night. I do it every other Tuesday. And okay. then um, this spot called Now Boarding in West Hollywood. And oh, that's, very cool. Uh, and that's kind of like a 60s style like pilot bar. Oh, so cool. everything is designed. Everything is designed like like 60s air travel. So, oh, yeah, that like, is. I was cool. I was actually thinking that's what it would be. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like it's the really old cool. school flight attendants and everything. Yeah, 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 Does everybody yeah. dress up like the way people uh, used the, to dress up for planes? There's <laughs> uh, the times that I've been there. There's only been male bartenders, but they do have like the like like the pilot like shirts oh, and stuff awesome. on and yeah so i don't i don't know if the female bartenders dress like flight attendants or not but yeah it's the i have to check that out that yeah. sounds really cool it's actually. really cool and all the the whole menu is like designed after like 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 airplane stuff you know things yeah. like that so it's cool nice yeah so when when you're booking these shows and organizing it is there a lot of um like mixing and matching do you get like a, like 20 artists get in touch with you and you have to go all right these are the ones or um, is it more they come to you and say hey we have like these three great bands that are friends and we want to do something like, let me tell you i kind of get in moods it's like really weird when i book like so sometimes like sometimes i just want to stack a lineup and i just want it mix match like crazy i want there to be a completely just weird crowd there you know like just different people and then other times i'm like okay i really want this to be like a rock show you Mm -hmm. know or you know and that that seems to be like what's happening more more so now but um but yeah it just really depends on like how i'm feeling about a certain show or a certain venue nice yeah so you're almost like a songwriter yourself in that that's like i well what am i in the mood for yeah this is what i'm gonna play well (laughs) I, i started off as a songwriter like i came out here and i was writing a lot and then sort of found out that that wasn't really my thing and then i started recording and then got into live sound, and the live sound led to talent buying. So I've sort of been around it enough to, like, I guess my relationship with the artist is more on a songwriting level. Like, you know, I got a songwriter level. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. So what are, uh, for bands that are interested in working with you and contacting you, what what is uh, what are some important tips to get booked at one of your shows? Um, I think the, the big thing for me now is, like, I don't, I really don't read through like EPKs and I feel like nobody does that anymore. It's Mm. like one of those things the quicker the submission, the better. So it's like, Hey, I'm a band. Here's my songs. Here's my live show. So like maybe a couple links and then, you know, what obviously like draw capability and stuff like that. So rather than like some big EPK thing, you just want quick links and a quick explanation. And that's, and for me, it's like, it sounds bad. It sounds like I don't want to get to know the artists, but my, my big thing is that like, I, I want to see the artists first. I want to see them live or whatever, you know, and then get to know them as we as we work together rather than having to, like, read this long thing because a lot of times it can be misleading. Mm. So I'd, I'd rather kind of cut to the chase, try them out at a show, and then we build that relationship from there. Okay. Yeah. So a, a very quick, like, this is what we're about, and then you kind of give them the audition right. show, and then you go yeah. from there. I love phone calls, too. It's like one of those things, like if you text me, set up a phone call, what? and we What's can actually that? talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. I love being able to talk to artists if they're, if, you know, if they're 
they want to. Interesting, because so. in the era of text-only communications right. with these phones, the fact that you want a phone call is actually yeah. kind of interesting. I love picking up the phone Me and too, talking man. to somebody. It's man. I do too. And you really get the vibe of an artist. I, the best, the best experiences for shows that I've ever had were the ones where I was able to talk to an artist for 15, 20 minutes prior. You know, like weeks before the show where we were able to really talk about what they wanted from the show and what what we were going to be able to do. I mean, that's going to tell page. you more than any email or exactly. even a link to a video yeah. is going to tell you. I yeah. really don't like emails. It's like one of those things that I think for talent buyers, they get forced into it. So people, you know, they, they're they like, you have to have an email. You have to have like the business card and stuff like that. But it, for me, I really love having a one-on-one relationship with whoever I'm working with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a business where the personal connections mean everything. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. So now, when you are, um, oh, do you try to book all size venues? Do you are you do you stick with like the two that you just mentioned exclusively, or what? How, I mean, ideally, you know? at the end of the day, I would love to be booking the Wiltern, but you know, right. it's Obviously. like it's. Uh, but for the most part, I, I I book I find the venue that's sort of based on what I think that I'm capable of at the current moment. So right. like right now, the venues that I have are about 150 plus. Okay. Um, never really more than 200. The love song is real small. Right. Um, now boarding's a little bit bigger. Um, but yeah, I try to keep it small because when you walk into like a songwriter night, you want it to kind of be very chill, casual, and create an environment where people are really listening. If the bar's too big, there's too much going on. So then it makes it hard. And for, it gets noisy. Yeah, yeah. it does. So. Yeah, so, so your shows are very focused on showcasing the actual music. It's not just let's pack the place. I would it's... say so, yeah. and like, But not to an extent where you walk in and you have to whisper. Like people walk in and they have quiet conversation, but they know that it's not a rowdy thing. You know, you can go up and order a drink at the bar in the middle of somebody's set and no one's going to be judging you or anything like that. I yeah. definitely don't want the shows to give off that vibe because it is, no. a, to me, I, I consider it a party as well because after the shows are over in between sets, we, I like people to like hang out and mingle and you know talk to each other in a non like threatening type environment yeah do you or is it still called the spotlight sessions yeah or? Okay. that's that's still the name of the brand uh the venues hop around you know things happen right. but yeah so if you're looking at shows ladies and gentlemen and if you're in los angeles the spotlight sessions are run by jared so Hi. you know you know you, you know what to expect here yeah um so what why don't you tell us a little bit what you've been up to lately um basically this i i sort of did a kind of like a revamp pretty much i kind of got into a little rut lost some venues certain things happen i mean and it this has just been happening the course of you know the time that i've been doing this but uh mm-hmm. so i i sort of sat down and i was like i don't want to do any shows for like a month i just kind of want to sit down and figure out i know that i want to keep booking i know i want to keep doing that but i want to figure out exactly the like the best possible way that works for me and the artist right and it's it's small market booking, so the thing is everything has to be done on a small budget and in a major city with a lot of competition. Exactly. <laughs> so it was it was really about finding the right right places, and I'm going to shout out Nino right now because Nino actually hooked me up with the guys who do the Love Song downtown. Nice. So he he actually was able to link me up with them, and then we um, then we were able to lock that one in, and then now boarding came through another promoter that I work with. So the idea now is basically working with at least one or two different people to kind of like help build the night rather than trying to do it all myself. Right. The booking is so important for me and like building those relationships with, with those artists that it's always been difficult for me to like get bodies in the door. Right. So now it's like having other people helping out it, you know. You Charlie knows a little something about having a team around to help oh, the show yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Having having everybody be invested in it is definitely it, it makes and, life that's easier. a really that's a really good word. I use it all yeah. the time. It's just like people who are invested into what what we're doing because it really is it's a community it's a communal 
like process, I guess. Yeah, we had Scumlove on the show um, a couple of months ago, and he's also a promoter. He puts events together, and mm. he plays in bands and all this. And okay. you know, he really stressed the importance of being invested in the project and picking the right people, and yeah. you know, just how much community work is involved in doing this kind of thing. Like I said, I mean, you, you gotta love it, and it's if and you can really tell if somebody doesn't love it because it's there's not <laughs> you're not it's sloppy. Oh, well, yeah. it, you have to you have to do a lot to make a lot. And it's and if you're not really putting any effort into it, you're probably not making any money, and you can tell. Yeah, you know, and that's. I feel there's a lot of promoters. I mean, all over, but in this town especially, that are like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they that there's a common misconception where it's like you book the bands and the people will come, and it's just like you how you can just walk around and say there's live music at this venue and it's just gonna happen. Like people are just gonna show up and go crazy, mm-hmm. but it's 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 nuts. There's just so much more that goes into it, and. I think in smaller towns, you know, you you can advertise live music at a bar and mm-hmm. tons of people will show up. Especially if there's only like three bars in the town and only one of them has music. There's right. only one town. I think that's worse than L.A. when it comes to that. And it's probably Nashville where like I was joking with yeah. somebody the other day about how like like musicians in Nashville, like the only people at their shows are other musicians that I made a deal with. They were like, if you come to my show, I'll, I'll go, go to, to your yours. show. And it's like that's I don't, I don't like that kind of crowd. Like I want people to show up not only to support their friends that might be playing, but also like building a building a crowd you know building a fan base as well and seeing some of those people when i book an artist multiple times i see certain people that may have saw them the first time that came back to see them again yeah you know? cr- cross promotion is really important it's like, huge you know yeah. if you have bands especially that either are a similar style or a similar vibe it's you know right the audience starts to go oh those shows are good there's always two or three good bands or f- sometimes more depending right. on what kind of show we're talking about whereas if you're just going to see your friend play you're going to show up for 10 minutes before they go on, and then you're out as soon as they yeah, finish. Yeah, and yeah. That, that, that's not something a music promoter wants to deal with. They Absolutely want not. everyone to show up early, stay late, buy drinks, bring their friends out. You know, and yeah, it sounds I've like, been the guy that shows up 10 minutes before. <laughs> yeah, I think every musician has at some point. But <laughs> yep. Yep. I definitely get more excited about the shows where there's more than one band that I'm excited to see. Right. There, I'm like, I will be there. There's like, a, there's a disclaimer in my... Um, in a lot of the like the info and stuff that I send out to artists before shows, I'll send out like a group text, and it'll basically say, you know, you are. We encourage you to show up when the show starts and stay there until the show ends, and we encourage you to encourage your guests to do the same. So if you're inviting people to come out, encourage them that there's it's not just you that's playing, but it's a whole it's an experience. Totally, you know? and that that really helps, and it sort of creates that environment where people, when they go to the show. They know that it's it's not just they're not just there to hang out with their friend and see them like play a couple songs. It's like a whole experience yeah right that's one of those little things that can go a long way because if you're you know you get something like that and you're like oh the promoter actually gives a shit okay you know i mean i know for me as a musician i see that and i'm like all right you know we all know what it's like going into that to that dull bar on like you know a tuesday or wednesday night and it's just Mm -hmm. you just know the promoter did a shitty job Uh (laughs) at at least the gigs that i've gone to you're on site you're there yeah and that makes a huge difference you're really active in (laughs) what you're doing you know i've worked with a lot of promoters like doing like sort of joint shows where I, I did one a few weeks ago where the promoter like never would never showed up. That's just, it was we were in emails for like weeks and weeks and weeks, and then the promoters didn't show up to the show. All the artists and stuff showed up, I'm sure, and everything. But like I, like it was it was just kind of a mess. It was weird. Yeah. The, the, How the, do you put on a show and then not show up for the show? Promoters do it. You'd be surprised. Promoters do it all the time. I they literally be. they book the entire Man. thing. They send out all the emails, and you wonder like because in the emails they seem so like uptight about it, and they're trying to make every make sure everything's right and in order. 
And it's, it's, it's always so surprising to me. And I realize, and I think to myself, they're not going to be there. That's why. That's why they're so like, <laughs> they they're just so, want their money. Yeah. And they're yeah. just, they're trying to make sure all this stuff is in order that these people are bringing people. And then like, they just don't go. But the entire show, they're, you know, sending texts out and calling people like, is everybody there? It's like, just go find out. Like, go, go <laughs> yeah. to your show. Exactly. <laughs> At least stop by your show. Exactly. <laughs> stop by, shake some hands. So all all yeah. of my favorite promoters in L.A. are at the shows. Scum goes to the shows that he yep. puts together. Dan and Eric at Church of the Eighth Day do their shows. They're there. You know, and that's the other thing. What if you and I didn't show up for the Toys for Tots? Oh, that would I'll be just with Ernesto. Well, I think a lot of your gear no. might get stolen. <laughs> yeah, the first yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's another thing. What we're we would be doing the next year's music chamber like the way I do the Ladmouth Report. <laughs> <laughs> like all this is out of here. Yeah. But that's what we were talking about too, though, about being invested in what you do. And I think promoters, just like a musician, a musician is very invested in their art. You know, and if a promoter, if for me, I I treat this like an art. You know, it's a one of those things being able to build these events and if you're not invested into it if you're not showing up to your own gigs you're not doing it right i just i mean i well it also tells you a lot about like how these bands are getting booked it's like if the promoter's not at the show that he or she put together it's like did you do you really do you want to do this yeah (laughs) that's crazy yeah so i'm glad that you're not one of those people thank you again for doing that for the music community (laughs) all right so uh, now let's talk about it's very easy if you're a musician, I'm guilty of this myself, to look at a promoter for a show and go, fucking promoter. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like, they don't really, you know. The, I do that to the, myself. It's they're okay. making money <laughs> off me. They're, they're making me show up at two hours early. Like, But there's a side of it that you have to deal with as well. Right. And the one I really want to get into now is dealing with venue owners. Venue like, owners. Like, okay. what kind of pressure is on you at these kind of shows? Do they want, like, guarantee X amount of dollars or you're going to pay it? Yeah. Or is it more like, we'll give you a Tuesday and if you do well, we'll bring it back on Thursday? Like, I strictly don't do pay-to-play for that specific reason. I don't like to deal with any of that stuff. So mainly my my deal when I go work out stuff with with venue owners is if it's a free show, I try to work out a flat that I can take from the bar. Right. Um, that way, because throughout the entire free night, meaning you're doing it for free, not getting some sort of money from them. Uh, no, I mean like there's a free cover, so you don't oh, free to, cover. Yeah, okay, there's yeah, no, yeah. there's no. So if it's a free show, then then I ask for basically the artist to bring at least ten to fifteen people, depending on what the venue is. So if we book like five artists, we want them to bring you know at least ten to fifteen, and that way and we we do the thing where like you know we want everybody to show up in the beginning and stay till the end and that right. way we kind of have roughly around you know 50 to 60 people there throughout the entire night um so I'll, I'll do something like that where so like they have to bring 10 people and then they'll get like 50 bucks out of it or something like that you know right. something simple if it's a small show like that um the bigger shows it'll be you know we'll charge a cover and then there's just no cap on what they what the artist can make so in a sense it's like i'm helping them promote but they're also promoting themselves so they're getting paid for promotion right so if there's like a per head kind of count or something right. like that the more people that are there the more money there is for them but there's no punishment if they don't bring you know 10 people and typically like i'm really generous generous when it comes to it like so if like they show up mm. with nine people i'm not gonna like not get them paid you know it's just like one of those right. things you just want to see that they're they're pushing and then they're promoting their art because at the end of the day like that's what that's what it's about yeah now how would you measure that this is something that i know i've dealt with in my own bands and the own sh- the shows that i've put on what do you measure how much work the artist is doing do you like watch their social media or do you call them and go hey did you call your friends yeah yeah, no i what's the i do i I watch it a lot and i I send out very um very like nice like you know text messages but if i haven't seen like a post coming into the day of i follow up and sometimes like you won't see an artist post a lot on social media it'll be one of those things where like they they've sent out a lot of texts like this last show that i did i don't think the artist posted one thing on social media but they brought out the most people it's just sometimes artists are right. just like that. They just they know how to do it in other ways. So right, 
But then there's the artists that really just they're posting it every day, you know, and stuff like that. So. Right. So I guess the bottom line is if you work, especially like you talked about building a long-term relationship with these artists, if they're not doing something you can measure, but they're bringing the people, right. then you don't really have to worry as much. I don't, but, t- I don't tell them how to promote. Like, right. so, I mean, if, cause for me, it's, if I tell them one thing that might be not, might not be the best way for them to do it. So, right. yeah. Yeah. And that also works for both of you that way too, because Absolutely, if each yeah. artist has their own way of promoting the show, then the crowd that's there is kind of like a combination of different right. scenes and crowds and whatever. It's it's always interesting because I got I only recently started using the term like promoter because I, I feel like for me it's just more of like an organizer. You know, so like right. I make I'm sort of like their cheerleader. Like because <laughs> I think a lot of artists they book shows and they're so focused on like, you know, they they play their they're so focused on writing those songs practicing those songs and playing a good show that they forget about the promotional aspect of the show it's like because right. at the end of the day you don't want to play for two people right nobody does. so mm-hmm. for me it's like hey did you remember to post today did you remember to like you know text these people like and that's how we that's how we kind of get going but mm-hmm. and then i have like my my group of people that come out as well so it, it certainly helps all right what's one of your favorite things about doing all of this work <laughs> um i think i just talked about it today actually i think my favorite thing is being able to do an artist's first show Mm-hmm. And then being able to do their show, 10 shows from then, you know, and then seeing how much they've grown in that. And when it's an artist that's really worked hard, you know, and it's one of those artists that you just see them every day grinding, like posting about what they're doing. They're they're investing into their into their products. You know, they're putting money into a studio, everything, getting all that stuff done and like seeing them build that full package. And then me being able to be a part of that that sort of process in the live aspect. It's that, development. Th- that's th- what it is. Yeah. The development is just amazing. And it, I think. I've always kind of wanted to get into like A and R work, where it was like artist development through like getting artists signed and stuff. But I think mm-hmm. this is probably where I ended up, like this is the part that I ended up falling in love with is doing the live aspect. You know, the other thing that's good about what you're doing here versus A and R. I work for a record label, so I'm around okay. this. When you are an A and R person, your job is to get bands to sign to the label that are going to make the label money. Right. Whereas what you're doing is you're helping develop a career. Now, in a lot of cases, a record label is not going to sign a band that's not developed already. They're going to want to slide them into their way of doing things, hit a bigger audience, and then the money comes in. Yeah. Whereas what you're doing is you're kind of helping them build who they are, you know, what kind of show they do, the kind of music that they, you know, are presenting. So you have a more hands-on, direct, day-to-day kind of relationship with these artists by doing shows that they actually have to show up for. Right, right, right. You know, with a label, you might not talk to a band for a while after they sign that it's deal. It's true, yeah. You know, and then your job is not keep an eye on them. Your job is go find another one. Yeah. You know? And then, then you're dealing with uh, managers and all and the other, other stuff, too. Other yeah. departments, after the A&R people sign them, start taking over. Like, right. now they have to deal with the product managers and the promotion department, the publicity mm-hmm. department, the video department. And it's like, you basically call just to check in at that point. Whereas, yeah. if you keep working on these shows, you get to see them and you yep. get to watch them develop. And I think the cool thing, too, is that as as my career progresses these artists careers are progressing as well so there's always that opportunity where if that artist makes a big break then i might be in the position to take care of them on the live aspect if they if they get that big break so Mm -hmm. it's up to me to work just as hard as they are that way i'm still on their level whenever you know as they as they progress how often do you bring artists back a lot a lot i mean i i wouldn't i wouldn't obviously wouldn't do it week after week but I mean, I, if, if it's an artist that I, that I really like, that I, that I feel like really works hard, yeah, I, I bring them back. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So with, what would you say is a good amount of times for an artist to be playing around town, like for you to book them? Do you want the um, artist that's playing every month or do you want somebody who's 
taking some time between you want someone who's part of a tour it, it really depends because like some of these artists out here have just such crazy cult followings where like they could literally play every night and their fans would be there every night and it's just it's it's nuts wow, that's it, cool it, that yeah. must be fun <laughs> it, i mean in, in some situations it's like their friends don't really like their music that much they just have a lot of friends and like they're like yo we're gonna go out and drink tonight like here's you know like I'm, and, I, and, I, and i'm playing so like let, let's do that but for the most part um i like to keep it probably like a month at a time you know if i see if i see an artist that's playing once a month that means they're usually investing themselves really hard once a month into the into their live show which is cool yeah you know and then you know that they're out there playing in front of other audiences that they can draw right. from as well. well. That's the hard part. Is you, a lot of times it's easy to get stuck with just your friends coming out. So finding a place where yeah, you yeah, get in yeah. front of new people to build that Those audience. Are, I tell you what, man. Like yeah. the, there, there are shows where I've had 15 people in the room. Like when I first started, that were way better than shows where there was a band with like 50 of his friends in the room because they're just like obnoxious, you know. And yeah. it, it, they don't care about what their friends doing. They're not really fans. They're just there to like hang out. You right. know. I. My favorite shows are the ones where, like, the, the artists are, I mean, the, the fans are invested into the show as well. So, yeah. yeah. So, at, what what is considered, at the level of the shows that you book, a good night? Like, what is, like, oh, that was, that was a good draw. There was enough people. It was, you um, know. It's, it, it really is. It's kind of half draw and half energy. Okay. So, like, like what I was just saying is, like, sometimes the crowd might be smaller, but you just, you feel the energy and the crowd is into it. Um, but for the most part, for for like a now boarding show like usually if we get 70 people into into that place and they're like really into it and people are like really listening enjoying themselves that that's kind of what i go for there right uh, downtown i mean we could we could put 40 people in that room and it looks packed so yeah oh, okay. it's pretty cool yeah yeah so so then that that that's good for you as well too because then you know who to put on the shows based Absolutely. on especially yeah, if you yeah. said you like working with the same artists all the time you'll know this one's good for 20 this one's good for 40 exactly. this one's good for you yeah. know 10 or 15 cuz they're new like there's a lot of that too yeah. i'm sure i have to update <laughs> it but like i used to have like an excel sheet with all of that stuff in there so basically like smart like it was basically average draw of an artist if the artist was good you know like if you know <laughs> the the kind of personality that the artist had if they were easy to work with we used to kind of yeah, take care I, of all that. I complain endlessly about spreadsheets, but I also use them for everything. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hate working in Excel, but yeah, it's, it definitely helps. Yeah. For sure. I, I've used the Google Sheets too, and I've yeah. used, um, what's the Apple one called? Uh, numbers, I think. Yeah. 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 I def that comes in handy with recording stuff for me because I can't remember what, what menu everything is under. So I've yeah. got my spreadsheet. Anything that sheet. I can do on my iPhone is just, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's the best. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Yeah. So, Charlie, questions? I can keep going, but keep going. I don't want to, <laughs> no, this is good. This is good. I thought I saw you go. No, no, no. I, know, I feel like I've been me. looking over here that's most a, of the time. That's all right. Fine. You want to ignore me? <laughs> yeah. So, what, what's one of the biggest challenges you have as a promoter with these bands and um, the venues? Like, is it more challenging to deal with the artist or more challenging to deal with the venues, or is there a you know? Uh, the venue. The, the venues basically just. I mean, that that can get complicated if if the show's not doing well. But I mean, mm -hmm. for the most part, that's business is business. Like we were talking sports earlier, you know, like yeah. if usually players, they're, they're not bitter when they leave a team. They're just, you know, they understand they weren't performing in the way that they were supposed to or whatever. So like that's how that's sort of how venue owners look at me. Like if the show's doing bad, they tell me, like, look, the numbers are bad. We can't c continue to keep doing this. And then I move on and I try to better myself and, and figure it out. Yeah. So for me, the I think the hardest part is dealing with artists in the sense of like artists with bad attitudes. Mm -hmm. um, I talked to somebody recently about this. It's the... That sounds familiar, huh? Yeah, it's, yep. it, there's a there's a thing about certain artists. The ones that are the most successful are the ones that can literally work under any condition. Yeah. So and they can work with anybody. 
but there's consistently artists that just it is impossible to get them like i i have artists that send me things where like i can't work with this person i can't work with this person i i had a bad experience with this venue so i can't do this so that's i think that's the big issue too and then artists that also they they want to well, play they, without wait, promoting they send you their list of demands well, basically and they, and they, i mean like, i want <laughs> i want yeah, you to book want, my show but i can't do this i can't yeah, do this yeah, yeah. i can't do this it's on a, wow. i mean on a personal that's, level there's yeah. there's there's certain artists where like they 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 know that I know certain people, so they want to make sure that they're not around certain people and stuff like that. And I just I really Jesus. don't I don't have time for it. And it's just like I can't I can't deal with that. But then there's also delete. I, yeah, the biggest no. the <laughs> biggest issue that I have is and because I work really hard to make sure that these people are coming out to these shows and stuff like that. The biggest problem that I have, I think, is artists that they. They, they think that I'm supposed to bring everybody out and I'm just supposed to create this entire show well, for them. Well, you're the promoter. Where's my fans? I know. So, I mean, and the thing is... <laughs> Where's my Ferrari? But like I said, it's 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 small it's small market booking. So for me, there's there's not a crazy budget that goes into it. So when, right. I, when I work with artists, I go into it saying, like, look, I'm going to put in this much work and I need you to put in this much work. And we need to do this together. We need to build this night together because at the end of the day, we're basically all making the same amount of money. Right. So, and that's, and in most cases, they make more money than I do. So, and, and I'm making that happen for them. You're, so, wait, I wait, mean, wait. you make less money than the band. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, so you got this all backwards, yeah, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, man. Know. Come on. But it, and that's, and that's sort of the biggest issue that I have is that there's a lot of artists that I, I never, I never did understand why you want to play live if you, if you're not trying to build a fan base, you know, mm. and that's, and that's such an important thing. And I'm not saying that uh, the reason why I push to get people in there is to make, make it to where there's new ears for, the, yeah, for those totally. artists. But at the same time, they need to be pushing their show and bringing their fans out as well to keep that going for them, you know? So that's frustrating. It, it does, it does get a little. Yeah. A little I, I found that in my own experience, the artists that are, the most difficult to deal with mm. are not the superstars and not the new bands who are excited about. It's the yeah. ones in the middle yeah. who've had just a little bit of yeah. a taste, and now they're they start with the I can't do the, this, and I don't want this person there, yeah. and I don't want the, it's it's really yeah. They read weird. a book somewhere that you know Eddie Van Halen only got brown M and M's or whatever. Yeah, and now yeah, they yeah. think that's what they need to do. They they've been in L A for twelve years playing coffee shops, and they haven't been able to get to that next level yet. <laughs> yeah, or, the, or or there's just <laughs> you end up dealing with the entitlement thing, like oh I'm the band and I bought this many people already it's, and it's like yeah, yeah it's a consistently changing business you have really to do is. this all the time I, it's mm-hmm. i just i mean for me this is this is a conversation that i always have and it's, it's a conversation that i had with an old friend of mine but there you have to create a price tag for your art so the thing is you don't you don't just write a good song and expect it to be worth something mm-hmm. there's i mean when you start a business it takes five years for you to make money typically right if you start three if you're you know, lucky three if you're lucky right so yeah. the thing is just because you put out a good product doesn't mean that it's in demand so the thing is for you to come to me and say that I, my art is worth this much when you don't have anybody around you saying that it's worth anything yeah it doesn't mean that you're not good it just means that there's no demand for it there's yet. no standard and to i'm willing by. to help but you have to work just as hard as i am to yeah. do that it's an important you know? point because they're at the end of the day they're not hiring me like we're mm-hmm. we're going into this together and taking our percentage cut so if they were if they if the artist came to me and said you know here's five hundred dollars pack a room for me done like I'm gonna, that's gonna happen but that's not how it works you yeah know? it's also a pressure cooker situation too because you have like a small business venture that you're in that's right. over in a couple of weeks like once the show's done that's it exactly so it's yeah. like you know mm-hmm. you really do have to capitalize on whatever you can during that time right time management is huge with music and we're all bad at it yeah <laughs> i'm not i'm awesome uh-huh. <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow 
Let's get back to the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dude, yeah. I just want to give a quick shout out here. We have all all over. We got um, Rajah from Bangladesh, Washington. Oh, wow. John down in Santa Monica. Anybody have bad things to say about me? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I'm sure we'll get some. <laughs> I'll, I'll get something at some point, you know. Yeah, and also... then uh, we've got Austria in the house as wow. well. Uh, we have Germany in the house too. My friend Laura's watching. Hey, Laura. Nice. And uh, Louise is watching us from San Francisco. What's oh, up, Louise? And the Sonic so. Solution has a great uh, uh, little piece of advice here. Anybody hit that like button for us on YouTube. It helps push it out in the YouTube algorithms will grab it. Yep. Same goes for the Facebook push it feed. Out. You know, I, can, <laughs> I think the last time we did this show, I think we only had one viewer during the time that we were doing There's it. There's a so really now... good reason for that. <laughs> oh, no one oh, can hear right. a yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that one viewer, I think he commented and said, I can't hear anything. Yeah. Still watching, though. You know? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, now we have the multiple oh, platforms. Illinois, Yeti in Illinois. All right. Oh, very cool. Illinois. Where Illinois. the hell am I from? I, uh, He's over in it's Illinois. It's noisy in here. <laughs> He's down in our Kansas. <laughs> well, you're from Kansas, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Kansas. English isn't my first language. No. We've uh, had this conversation before. It's, it keeps yes. coming up. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. All right. So, now... When you are employing advertising tactics for these shows, because clearly a lot of this is falling on you. Yes. Um, are you physically distributing flyers and mailers, and are you, or is that totally gone now and it's all online? Or every day I wake up and I'm like, I'm gonna go to Kinko's and print out 100 flyers and pass them around to people in the street. But for some reason, I just never have that motivation because I feel like it's not going to do anything. Mm. But, I mean, there's certain stuff, like we have this new Friday show, but it's like a cover band, so it's like a consistent thing every Friday. It's the same thing. They do like a Top 40 mashup. Okay. So that one is something that I might start doing because it's on Hollywood Boulevard. Right. So if there's a tourist situation, the fly the handing out flyers can kind of work because, right. you know, you're kind of catching people that are only there for a week or whatever, and they're trying to look for something to do that day. But for the most part, for like the the smaller shows, it really is condensed to the fan base, and all of them are on you know Instagram, Facebook, and stuff like that. So I yeah. would invest more money into like a Facebook ad or something like that than I would for the yeah. reach is pretty interesting on those ads. It I've you know yeah I was reading I gotta like finish uh, reading it, but I was reading something today about like how crazy the algorithms are as far as like your Facebook ads and who it reaches out to and everything. So yeah, Charlie's yeah. done a bit of that with man. The studio. I've never had a whole lot of luck. Yeah, you know, to be honest with you. Yeah. A few times, you know, there's been a few extra views on a video or a couple likes, but it's never turned into whatever it was I was promoting. Right. Yeah. You know, it just boosted yeah. posts are interesting. Some of them have done some really big things for the projects I've worked on, and other ones were like, I just threw that money away. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like at the end of the day, what does what does a like get you? You know, and right. it's like, it didn't wasn't it Conan O'Brien that that uh, like a while back he did uh, he did this thing with his team that was it basically he was trying to figure out how much money one retweet would be worth so like if you were on twitter like how much like if, if you broke it down like how you could monetize one like retweet you know there's it, a thing called social blue book yeah. that helps <laughs> really? actually figure those kind of things yeah, yeah, out yeah. no kidding yep and same thing like if you're a youtuber with how many viewers you have how many uh subscribers all that it, it gives you a breakdown of what certain things are worth yeah. a shout out a mention i mean think thing. about mm. think about how many times a day that you like something on facebook that you didn't even look at like uh -huh. it was like you just you were, you liked it because you were like supporting your friend or like you right. were doing something like that but like you never really looked into what it was about i so i've liked videos that i didn't even 
listen yeah. or watch. I yeah. just scrolled back. Went, oh, interesting. Like I do sometimes. I that I, I I need to watch this video, but I totally did that with the Chad Smith with the marching band video. Oh, <laughs> dude, you gotta watch that one. It's <laughs> awesome. I felt like I without lo- having the volume turned all the way up, I could hear him because he's so. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, that, that was the same thing. Oh, here. oh yeah. I, I did. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Chad, um, I promise I'll watch that's that. That's a later. KU, my stomping grounds. Yeah. Oh, well, that's. I didn't go to college. I used. To I go do to the city. sometimes. I share share videos to watch <laughs> later. But did you drink at the college? Oh, yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you did go there. Many you just times. didn't attend classes yeah. there. Yes. No. Yeah, it's but no. Okay. Some, sometimes I'll share a video to watch it later. Like right. if I'm like in a place where I can't watch it, you know, I'll share it that way because things get lost in your feed. So that's they it. have oh, yeah. a save option too, which I've done a few times. Yeah, you know, I, like I saw a, that, especially on Facebook. And also, there's the watch later on YouTube. I do that right. all the time when I find, I'm like, that's awesome. I don't have time right now. Right. So it goes into my. I, I saw that. That's like a new thing that they have. Yeah. yeah, I think that, that the platforms are really influencing each other that way because yeah. Facebook used to not have that, and then I right. noticed it and said, oh, "I'm gonna start using this." It's all one <laughs> yeah. big, big thing now. It's just, yeah. it's just the social media. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you know, I think with the advertising, it's like anything. It's all about consistency. Yeah, because you know, yeah, okay, it's back to what what does a like actually get you? Right. But if you have six months of that, and all of a sudden now your brand, or I know Dan loves that word, <sighs> gets you know name or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. gets more known, that right. becomes something at a certain point. But if you can't afford to consistently advertise, like I've never, even with the studio, had a budget where I could say for six months straight, I was consistently advertising. Mm. It's always a boosted thing here, or a little bit there, a little bit there. And that's really hard to get traction. Right. Yeah. It's it's crazy, too, to think about like the way social media works and that like it's all about being annoying but not being too annoying. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's like yeah. finding that level ground of like sharing stuff enough, like boosting the posts enough to where people are seeing it enough, but not to where they're like, I'm going to unfollow this guy because he's annoying the shit out of me. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. But you almost have to toe that line because if you don't consistently share and reshare, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I'm guilty of, oh, man, I don't want to do it too much. And that's right. just the wrong thing to do yeah, because yeah, yeah. In, especially on Facebook, that feed just moves so quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that if you don't reshare it five, six, seven, that's ten true. times, whatever, yeah. people will miss it. Same with Twitter. Yeah. Well, there's also a lot of competing for attention in that space. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know increasingly monitored and changed and the things are you know all over the place like what i have not been able to figure out instagram at all with in terms of what gets shown because i'll see something that happened an hour ago yeah. and then something from four days ago and right then something from well, yesterday they've, they've and changed, i'm like they changed what? that yeah they changed that what was it, a couple of years ago or maybe less than that but how like it used to just be like you posted something and it was posted in the timeline mm-hmm. that, it, that you know everything was posted but now you just see things you know if you don't get on instagram for a while you're going to be seeing stuff from like a week ago it's yeah. crazy right but I'm on it almost every day and for yeah. a couple times a day, and it's like, here's from today and yesterday yeah. and an hour ago and four days ago. It's, it's just like, if you didn't get there, if you didn't see that post yet, you know, yeah. then you're not, then it's going to show up, you know. Whenever. So that's what it is. Right. It's just making sure that you see things that you like more often. It's all about the, the algorithm. Oh, you know? the, the algorithm definitely right. has me figured out. I get a lot of the same kind of thing. Right. So they've done a great job with that. But, but it also sucks. It's weird when I see like a highlight from a hockey game that was over three days ago now. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like right. I saw that. What are you doing? It, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of sucks because like there's some people that I lose touch with and then I'm never reminded that they're still alive. And I expect social media <laughs> to do that for me. I want I want to see their picture, even though I haven't like, you know, liked anything from them in a while. You know, I'm so. pretty sure I forgot everybody's birthday. <laughs> Including mine. <laughs> yeah. I know it's soon. That's all I Isn't remember. Isn't that crazy, though, that we rely on, like, Facebook for people's birthdays now? I'm guilty of it. Like, they, some they, of the closest people in my life, like, Facebook reminds me that it's their birthday, and I'm just like, 
<laughs> it's, I, part of this is the information overload era that we're in. Yeah. Where it's like you that's know, a benefit though, because yeah. you can nobody can ever say that you forgot their birthday. Like, oh yeah, no, I've no, always no. been yeah. bad with birthdays. So. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie's like, listen, yeah. just because we have the computer now <laughs> doesn't mean I'm gonna remember. <laughs> I've been Man, forgetting even Yeti here is giving me shit for saying the S in Illinois. Uh, <laughs> I know there's no S in there. Yes, both or audiences. You don't pronounce it. Both uh, YouTube and Facebook. If you have questions at all for us, let us know for sure, and we'll uh, we'll get to you. You know, Jared is, loves his community as do we. So, anything you have to say, we will respond as fast as we can. Probably Charlie first. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You've done means. a good job with that. Like, Charlie's development of his own social media community, especially on YouTube, has been excellent. Like, you're at 5,000 subscribers now, is wow. it? Wow. Uh, 5,500. Nice. 56. I in, think in the I... last, like, month and a half, I've been so busy here. We've done... How many broadcasts have we done in the last month and a half? One? We did the guitar one. Charlie's looking right? at Ernesto, for those of you who are looking at How him. How many like, broadcasts we do in the last month and a half? Just the guitar one, right? Yeah, and then Wednesday I had issues. I'll do another one tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, it's been except for the last like month and a half, it was really consistent. Everybody's trying to get their records done before Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> that's what's going on with that. But, but yeah, that's con that goes back to the consistency thing. It's the same with advertising or anything. You know, it's or trying to promote a show or right. whatever. The more if you're constantly doing it or consistently doing it, yeah. it bears fruit over time. It's it's crazy yeah. how something so simple can be so hard for us to like get motivated to do as well and i noticed that like using social media to promote stuff like i sometimes like i think about it and i'm like wow this is so easy i'm just gonna make this flyer and post it but then it's like so many different things going on and i'm like wow i haven't even gotten around to posting that flyer yet you know yeah it's just because it's so it's right there it's so easy for us to say okay i'll do it in like an hour right you know yep. because yeah, it's that's so true. Easy. The, the simplicity of the process makes right. you think you can just do it whenever so you just yeah, don't yeah. ever do it yeah i'm guilty of that so it's, <laughs> i've done I, that. I try to like I try to write out a schedule, and that helps. But you know, it's it's yes. not always easy keeping it all up here. But yeah, I, I live and die by the calendar in my phone. Yep. That, that controls my life. Yep. It, 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 I have alerts and reminders for everything, especially if I'm doing a show, like if Cliff Amal has a show, or I'm playing with somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, constant reminders. You know, yeah. it, it's the best way to do it. And then I also I'm terrible with that. Uh, no. <laughs> do you you must map out your dates though like you must have okay this session is on thursday from 12 to oh, 6 that and then i do this yeah, one, yeah so. but the rest of it is just whatever i get up that day and go what needs to get done yeah. and then i sometimes i'll write it down sometimes i'll just pick the first thing and i just start going yeah that's it's like four in the morning entrepreneurs have that issue though because every day is a little different for you see you know with when you work for a company like i do it's okay i know what's going to happen for you know right. this part of right. the day my my trick is i get home from that and i got to make sure that i put my hand in every pile it's like okay i got to work on my conflict one to zero record and then i got to do something for the music chamber and then i got to do the loud mouth of board right. and then you, you never know. you never finish anything and then yeah. go to the next thing you're just you're working on a bunch of things at once yeah i see i don't i hate working that way i'm a like yeah. i like to get it done you like grind and get it done yeah, I, I, i'll, I'll get, sit for I get 15 like hours until it's finished so i yeah. can move on i hate shit. that's the that's you know? the really aggravating thing about booking is yeah. that like i go into like a day like i'll wake up on a monday and I'll, monday is just mad booking day for me that's just that's just what i do i'll wake up and I'll be like i'm gonna book this entire show today but the thing about booking is that you have to rely on other people to respond <laughs> <laughs> so when you yeah. can't just you can't grind whenever you're just like waiting for you know waiting for all these people to get back to you it's hard to just put everything in order so what the best thing for me to do is i just get everything else with the show in order and then the booking is like the last part mm -hmm. you know so mm. but it's yeah that's that's tough 
Yeah, coordinating a lot of people's schedules. Charlie and I have that experience. I miss I miss yeah. being like a zombie in the studio though. When I used to record, like that was just the best because you could just. I mean, I would I would like look away from the screen and realize it was like six in the morning and I had just finished oh. something that like you know that yeah. I've been working on all night. But that's me about every day. Yeah, yeah. I definitely like to grind through something when I know there's either only so much time to do it or it's a mission critical thing. Right. Like tracking drums, like it has to get done. And I usually, you know, in my bands, it's yeah. you get a day or you get two days. And right, it's right, like, right. So and that, that I mean that can teach you so much in, in your craft to to be able to do yeah. something like that in such on a, on a time limit. You know. Yeah, and especially when I know it's coming, like mm -hmm. I go into like olympic training mode i'm like all right yep. every day for the next two months i'm going to play for two hours a day minimum right and longer on weekends because i've only got so much time to prepare yep. and when then when i get in the studio i want to just slam yeah. right into it you know when i was recording we had I, I think i did two sessions with drummers that it was awful because the drummers came completely unprepared it's like they wrote the parts but they didn't practice the parts that they wrote right yeah. so you're talking about an hour studio session that took four hours you know things like that like and it, it's all of that's money. There's you know? also a coordination. Like another thing that we try to do is, and at least I do, whenever I have a session booked, I make sure I talk to the engineer and producer before and go, okay, what do I need? Right. You know, and how, when, what time do I need to be there? And, you know, yeah. if it's somewhere that's close in town, is there anything we can do the night before so that we can hit the ground running in the morning? Like right, that right, kind right. of stuff. So I feel like that makes everybody's job easier. Organization and preparation. That's yeah. the, that's the key. Prep. Prep. I'm not the greatest on the organization all the time, but I man, yeah. I hate being unprepared for things. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've done a fantastic job with that. Your calls are early for all the gigs we do here, and you're always working on something for the yeah. next day every night. Because so. I learned that the hard way a few times trying to do these shows. Going, oh man, we'll just you know I don't right. want to have anybody show up any earlier, earlier than we have to, and then you realize, especially with the show that we're doing. It's a video shoot, recording, right. uh, session, live broadcast. And live gig. And live gig all wrapped up in one. You've got to fucking show up yeah, yeah, with yeah. enough time to do that. There's no walking in and doing a line check and going. No. Because as we found, even just the simple podcast with yep. you that one time, one thing in the whole yeah, show yeah, yeah. stops. Yeah. And, that, and that's if you have a skeleton crew. Luckily, Ernesto's here today to save the day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Makes it so much easier. <laughs> yeah. He's totally ignoring us. Yeah. What are you listening the to, The thing Ernesto? is, he's listening to us. Oh. Uh, oh, you know what it is? He's looking at the video stuff. That's why. It's also 30 seconds behind. Oh. So in a second, he'll look over. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Here he goes. Yeah. Ah, and here he comes. There he goes. That's nice. Oh, so Louise chimes in here. She needs a reminder for when Cliff Amal is playing. So do I. <laughs> I will let you know when I know. But hopefully very soon next year. We're working on that. Cool. Yeah. You know how it is when you're in a band. Sometimes you have 10 shows in a row, and then suddenly it's like, when's the next show? Yeah. Mm -hmm. we'll where, do you go, where do you guys play usually? We've played a lot at Skinny's up in North Hollywood. Oh, okay. uh, Scum yeah, has yeah. booked us and treated us really well, put us on with great bands. Okay. You know, that we've had an awesome playing experience. I'm there. about to come check that out. Yeah. We, I've been reaching out to some new places uh, in other parts of Los Angeles, too. Um, okay. I'm, I'm trying to get us to play in like the ba you know the beach cities and down in Orange County and stuff. So I'm trying to find us gigs in other parts of town as well. We've done very well in Hollywood and the lower San Fernando Valley. Okay. But, you know, it's like we were talking about earlier. Your friends, you're playing for your friends. You're playing for people who know you. You want right. to branch out branch a little out. bit. Right. You know? Yep. Do you guys play on bills with other bands? Oh, yeah. And like most of the time, it's at least one or two other bands. How are the, like, do the fan bases stick around for the other bands to watch you guys? We, go, we are very fortunate with this band because old Metallica music is easy to sell in this town. Ah, so gotcha. when we have okay. other bands play with us, we actually have pretty packed shows. That's good. Like, well, the okay. last time at Skinny's, the whole night was packed. Yeah, it was I jammed mean, it in was there. Jammed. Yeah. yeah. It was, we also, we made an event out of it. Like, it was Scum's birthday and Heaven Below played, and they don't play all that often because Patrick is constantly touring with Lita Ford. So okay. it was like, they were 
are putting out new records, so their fans are all jazzed up. Everyone of Scum's friends is there for his birthday, yep. and then we play the old Metallica shit that everyone wants to hear, and it just it was so jammed. You know, yeah. it was great. Cool. I didn't get a chance to see everybody. Like I had friends who came to that show that I did not see because it was too bad. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, those are always fun. I thanked yeah. them later, obviously, but right, I was right. like, dude, that's amazing. I didn't even know you were there. That's nuts. You know, and Skinny's is a good sized venue, but like I should be able to see who's there, and I couldn't. It was just yeah. like, that's <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, that's awesome. That was a good time. That's a fun band to be in. Yeah. So, uh, if we played one of your spotlight sessions, though, I'm pretty sure they'd throw you out of the venue and uh, and I don't arrest think us. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, have you ever been to the study? Yes, I have. I, I kind of like one-off book there still, so if that oh, yeah. that might be a cool spot for you guys for sure. That would be good, but with those high ceilings, we're so friggin' loud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I've seen Little Empire well, play the there sound, a few times. The sound guy, shout out Morrow, is fantastic there. He that is. Guy, the sound is yeah, great. He's and amazing. It all it all depends on the type of bandit you are. Like if I don't know if you're familiar with Little Empire, but you know that might be a band you might want to book sometime. Okay. Oh yeah, they'd be great, for, great for some of your. Yeah, yeah. They've they've done this show a couple of times. And fantastic. Okay. Yeah, and they're great. And they also too. understand the whole promoting thing. Okay. I mean, they're one of the of all the bands we work with they were probably the the best at that consistently yeah. okay. cool. i mean just on the ball they're connected awesome. with their audience all the time they're yep. all over instagram and snapchat and you know very cool. facebook and, and very, they rock they're they're awesome musicians and they're great people it's, it's fascinating that there's like artists out there that are so good at that that they're able to like really focus and they're they're good artists like they sound great and they're able to do all that promotion stuff as well like mm-hmm. it's just being able to keep up with all that stuff is yeah, and they play awesome. in the areas that you book constantly. Oh, so cool. I think you two would actually be a good match. What are they called again? Little, Little Empire. Empire. Little Empire. Okay. Yeah, They're, and they've bankrupt got... would probably be good for you too. Yes. Okay. Good. That would be an. They're awesome, awesome acoustic too. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, their acoustic thing is easily as good as their electric thing. All right. The two of them would be an interesting show. Now that I think did about we, it, we never had them on the same time, did we? No, they were two different shows. Oh, we should have done them. Yeah, together. We'll maybe to, next year, 2018. Yeah, the the, the uh, thoughts are brewing now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, both of those bands would okay. be really. I'm gonna good have for to your... get, get all their information from you guys. I'll send it to you later. Okay, cool. Yes, for sure. And you can find them online as well. So Always. They, there's no lack of either of those bands. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Always love new artists. So. Yeah, and they love playing. They they they, okay. they will take it serious. Cool. You know. That's the thing, bands. You do well. People talk about you, see? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We tell each other about you, and right. hopefully you'll get some more shows and, and some more and money. And if you don't do well and you're not nice, we tell people about <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, there's not that type of shit talking on this podcast. Next, no. <laughs> that's time I, behind the scenes, man. Yeah. So Next time I come on the show, cool. I'm dropping names. There you go. <laughs> okay, so fuck this person and fuck that person. <laughs> I'm going to hold up, a, I'm gonna hold up a, like a poster. <laughs> Can you imagine that? We start build, bringing in like oak tag paper like, with people's names. It just has is a piece of shit. We start we start using it, it as like we'll a, a background. We'll you get know? a ticker running across the bottom. <laughs> oh, a ticker? but that's the reason you've got to be yeah. nice. I mean, you've got to be conscious of that yeah, because yeah. even if it doesn't get called out publicly, you know, it's a small business. Yeah, it's so especially small. LA is huge, yeah. but the business is very small. We just have like a fuck you wall back here, and we just keep <laughs> adding names. Like, don't like, give him ideas. Like we just like we start idea. conversation. I get reminded of somebody. I'm like, hold on, fuck you wall. That's amazing. That is, I'm surprised you don't already have that. I know, because <laughs> you've got all the drum heads over yeah, here. I know. Now you have fuck you all on the you other side. The, that's right. Yeah. the panels and everything. Exactly. You know, it's, it's all. 
Yeah. Might hurt my return client yeah, yeah. rate. The other thing is this, too. Like, this is definitely something that's a longevity business. Like, the longer you're yeah. in it, you just start meeting everybody. It's like, true. I, I've had, like, you know, run-ins at bars with, like, famous musicians that I just know now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that kind of stuff. Because I've been at this for so long. Right. And that that's another thing for bands. Like, if you're in a band and you keep changing your name and the style and the songs and everything's different every six months to a year, you're never going to build anything. you mm-hmm. got to stick it yeah. out for a while. And it's it's really the same on my end as well which is nuts because like i used to get so discouraged when i would lose a venue but at the same time it's like it's not about getting discouraged when you lose a venue it's it's about being able to like at the end of the road being able to say wow i did this venue for a year successfully before you know it took its dive which is great because you you go into it knowing that it's going to eventually die because that's i mean everything loses its popularity and then Mm -hmm. you move on but when you move on to that new venue you've got something like and then sometimes you you can have a situation where the venue goes away and it's not your fault you you had shows True. you brought people right. but right. for whatever reasons of their own there might have yeah. been you know a fight with between the owners they yeah, might yeah, have yeah. had a problem with the lease there might be a legal issue right like well the, the, i've, I've set, dealt with that as well i won't name names but it's you know yeah, I've, yeah. I've been on that side of it where everybody was having fun <laughs> and then the venue's gone <laughs> <laughs> just write it on the wall man write it on the wall yeah no uh but no i've had issues like that too where like we've been able to like pack out bars but people aren't spending money on drinks because maybe the menu at the bar was too expensive, it was too high end. Yeah, uh, I had an issue like that, and it was no, there was no like fight with the owner. It was basically just like you know, this is it. You have these people coming through, but nobody's spending money at the bar, and it's yeah. it's an issue. So. And sometimes when you have that conversation, it can be difficult if you tell them if you go with some lower priced items, you'll sell more. But then they'll be mm-hmm. like, we're not that kind of place. And then you yeah. go, all right, well now you get nothing. And I so think I think it's so you know, hard to tell artists that hey, a part of your promotion is to not only invite your friends to come out, especially when there's a cover, they need to pay a cover, but you also need to make sure that they're drinking at the bar too. You know, it's like yeah, it's, and tell them to tip the bartenders. That's because yeah. so, that's what keeps the nights alive, though, especially for free shows. If they're not spending money at the bar, and I'm taking a flat from the bar then it's you know then i'm in trouble and the other thing too is that people who work at the venues especially if you're dealing with a bigger place where there's a sound guy and a lighting person Mm -hmm. and two security guards and two bartenders yeah like if they're having fun and they get to know you and they get to know the band then they've got their people that they go hey you need to make sure you're here on friday that's how you get on better nights yeah absolutely yeah that's how i got better nights with my bands it's like they were like yo this is you got to let them play it I, I love doing Tuesday and Wednesday nights, like like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights, like really? those nights during the week, and a lot of people hate it, and I think it's that's what's kind of given me like a little bit m- better options to mm-hmm. choose from because when you do Friday and Saturday nights, you're up against so Everything. much competition, you know? So those Tuesday, Wednesday nights, I'm able to like kind of try stuff out without having like that kind of pressure. So it's, it's given me the opportunity to really like perfect certain aspects of it. So when I, when I do have like a Saturday gig, I know exactly what to do to pack that room out or totally. which artist to book, you know, in situations. So, because if an artist brings out 20 people on a Tuesday night, they're going to do really well on a Saturday. You know? Yeah. You can bring the big guns out on the weekend too. Like right. once you've felt out your artists yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. who can draw well during the week, you know, a weekend's going to be better. Right. That's what happened with Cliff Mall. We would get a lot of like these Wednesday and Thursday kind of shows. And then when we started getting the Friday and Saturday nights, mm-hmm. it was even more. So, yeah, yeah. like when Loaded was doing metal shows, we did really, really yeah, well yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That, those were probably, I missed that room. Yeah, it was cool. Those were probably the biggest and most packed and most crazy shows we did. Were at loaded. Yeah, you know those were those were fun. That's awesome. Yeah, and now it's like a Star Wars bar. <laughs> I know. I walked by it earlier today. It's crazy. Yeah. Things change. All right, we're getting close to the end here. Actually, we've been at this almost an hour with very little to no uh, <laughs> interference. I know. Time. No, no issues today. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just dared the uh, the gods to do something here. So, <laughs> any parting words before everything explodes? <laughs> uh, thank you guys. I appreciate it. I, honestly, I think it was it was cool that we got to do this a second time because I feel 
I feel like I was a little more comfortable in the situation with the conversation and stuff. Yeah, I didn't yeah. really know what I was getting into last time. So, yeah. I know you guys. You guys have been to my shows and yep. stuff. So Yeah, that was the first time and, we met last time. Yeah, and thank, yeah. You, thank you guys for coming to that show, by the way. That was awesome. Yes, that really was interesting, cool. too. That was at the, the, the theater. The theater, the yeah, hotel yeah. kind of room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was interesting because it, it had that L.A. like hidden show vibe because you had to go through the parking lot of a hotel to get there. And yeah, then it was yeah. like up a flight of stairs. And then suddenly you're in this nice like screening room right. with the bands. And it was fun. You yeah, know? it was cool. Yeah, and then of course we did have the bar, which was an indoor outdoor bar, which is always cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bands, make sure you try to play places like that if you can. That's Definitely. awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's always cool when there's a separation between the room and the bar because people are quiet when they want to watch the music. Right. If they want to yeah. talk, they can go outside. Yeah. Totally. You know? I because so. I, I hate screaming bar orders, especially like I'm a metal guy. So like, man, I've oh, gotten yeah. to the point where I just take my phone out and I write what I want and just give it to yeah. them. I think, I'm like, I'm not gonna lose my voice shouting to this person. I think my worst nightmare would be to be like a bartender at the whiskey. Because oh, it's God. just night after night, just rock mm-hmm. and roll, and you're just screaming back like to people how much you know a drink yeah. costs or whatever. But that's especially nuts. that downstairs bar, literally just oh, you know, straight across from yeah. the stage. Yeah, and the one on the side of the stage is no bargain either. Oh yeah, I like, forgot about what, that one. Yeah, that's where the bands used to put their gear. We yeah. would get to load in and put our shit in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Like because when you're sitting there too, it's right under that huge stack of amps. So like when I was talking to the bartender, I'm like, he there's no fucking way he's gonna hear me. So I just wrote it down. <laughs> just and got, wrote it, write it on your hand. And then, whiskey uh, coke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He actually was like, Thank you. and I said, I know, I know you got a rough job, buddy. I'm trying to help you too. <laughs> All right, yeah. so now where can everybody connect with all of the things you're doing online? Uh, Instagram is at the Spotlight Sessions. Uh, Facebook is at the Spotlight Sessions. And um, my, my Twitter is just Jared A. Saya. Okay. Is, yeah. So Excellent. So everyone check out his shows and keep in touch with us, The Music Chamber, live on Facebook, on Instagram, on SoundCloud, uh, Ultimate Studios, Inc. on YouTube, and at the MC Live on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So thank you again for tuning in. And everybody remember, December 7th. Toys That's for Tots. Toys for Tots. Awesome. Benefit. Show. Free show. As long as you bring the toy, bring the toy, or you're going to get shaken down by the Marines. If you're not, <laughs> if Shamed. You're not, if you're not in L.A., <laughs> you can watch it on the YouTube channel. Absolutely. So, All right. Thanks, th- everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Jared. Thanks, Thank guys. you, audience. We'll see you soon. We'll see you next week. Well, I will. All right. <laughs>